Welcome to the United Basketball and Leadership Podcast. I want to thank my good friends at Dr. Dish for their continued partnership with us and also Interpro Sports. Check out both of these companies. They have products that can definitely help your basketball team or any sports team that you coach. I'm excited to have my good friend Kevin Furtado on the podcast. He uh, is going to talk about building your program and also we'll have a part two released later on this week about also a five-year plan, which Kevin does a great job of building. Before we get to the podcast, I want to remind you about the Hoosier Gym Coaches Clinic. Early bird pricing ends on July 15th, and then prices will go up from there. You can also use same staff discounts and early bird pricing together. Mark Cassio, Tyler Costin, Phil Beckner, Rob Jones, Joe's Decision, Jamie Beckler, Travis Doherty. It's an awesome clinic Friday night and all day Saturday. If you can only attend Saturday, we have plans for that. Also, if you can only attend on Friday, you can buy a ticket for that evening as well. So, unitedbasketballclinics.com, reserve your spot now. There is a cutoff on the number we're going to allow in the gym. And send your payment by July 15th and take advantage of those discounts. Now, let's get to the podcast with my good friend Kevin Furtado. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. I want to welcome my good friend, Kevin Furtado. Many of you know Kevin because you've attended his clinic or you listen to his podcast. He runs a great podcast, the Championship Vision Podcast. But Kevin's like me. He just loves the game. We both are high school coaches, but he has a podcast. He also runs the Legends at the Grove Clinic. It used to be the Legends at the Lake Clinic. But one reason we're having having Kevin on is because he just took a new job. And Kevin is a great builder of programs. We're going to talk about building a new program and taking over a new school today. So, Kevin, man, thanks for coming on. I know you're a busy man. Man, I, it's always a great honor, man. I, You know, I, I have to say you're probably the number one podcast out there. Maybe I, I might be I might be somewhere in the top five, maybe. Well, um, you know, my mom listens about 100 times a week, so maybe that helps my listens. That, <laughs> That gets your stats up, man. You're, right. I love how you do that. You probably have your, you probably have your new son. Probably have your son probably doing the same thing. Right. We got him an iPhone just so he can listen to Dad's podcast. <laughs> but Boy, no, man. Guy- <laughs> thanks a lot. Uh, well, if those of you may not have you know kept up with Kevin uh, entirely last season, he was at Lake Oconee Academy. Yeah. His team was number one in the state for much of the season. Uh, I believe you lost in the Elite Eight, correct? Yes. I went to that game. Kevin has high-level kids, great coach. He built that program from the bottom up, and now he's taken over a 5A school, um, Walnut Grove, which in the metro Atlanta area, Walton County. Um, so he goes from a single-A school to a 5A school about an hour away. And so Kevin's going to walk us through what he is going to do to make this one of the uh, most competitive programs in that part of the state. So, Kevin, first of all, when you – uh, well, first of all, what made this job so attractive? Because obviously you were a coach at the number one team in the state for much of the season, got knocked out in Elite Eight, had some kids returning. What made this move to Walnut Grove an attractive move for you right now? Well, I um, Walnut Grove has a great community. I, I would say I, I actually interviewed there five years ago before I took the Lake Oconee job. So uh, I was ready to go there five years ago. Um Great community, um, and I say that really, uh, really with full honesty, full disclosure. I mean, 
is that is they have uh, people that are that are starving for success. They're they're really their whole their whole all athletic program has been rejuvenated by the new principal Lindsey Allen. Taylor Brooks has been there since the beginning, two thousand nine. Um, he actually contacted me uh, before our season and said, "Hey, we really want to build. We got a great group of kids coming in." Uh, we want you to come back and, and, you know, apply for the job again. And I, th- I thought that was a great honor, but the more I'm finding out is this is a community, strong community-based school in Walton County who are absolutely hungry for athletic success. So that's, that's why I took it. So as you take over the job and, you know, you've had some, a few practices already, what is your, uh, you kind of your cult, some of your cultural standards, mission statement, your, you know, what are you, what is your groundwork for building this program? And are you making any changes from what you did at uh, Lake Oconee or are you, you pretty much sticking with the same, same cultural um, pillars? Same things that I believe in, because if you don't believe in it yourself, Matt, then it ain't going to work. Okay. We're running the same exact system. So, um, but it, it, it starts with, uh, what I call IOC, you got to inspire our community and build better women through basketball. That's what we're trying to do. So when our girls go out in the community for the camps or whatever, um, people look up to them and they're doing the right thing. They're doing the right thing in the classroom. So um, that 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 is definitely our mission statement. Um, we still row in the boat. If you check out my social media, we got all shirts. We row the boat all the time. I have coaches. Uh, we played North Dakota. The other day, uh, Coach Eric Wells's team, and they have, you know, they, they have like thirty girls out there dressed. Honey has an unbelievable program, and um, you know we we played pretty good. Um, and uh, he goes after he says, "Man, you guys are really rowing the boat, man." So <laughs> you know, but what we talk about that is we're trying to create an elite culture, just like you're doing at your school, Matt. Um, we talk about the oars are the energy. Uh, so every day you better come with energy. Uh, if you don't come with energy, you're not going to practice with us. So um, the boat is sacrificing. You got to sacrifice. Like I have girls right, like right now that are practicing three different practices during the summer. They, they don't miss the basketball. Um, that's sacrifice. And then direction is we want to be the best. We want to be the best program in Walton County. We want to be the best program in our region. And we will be the best program eventually in the state. So that. We tell the kids right away, this is where, this is where we're going. Um, but Matt, I, I got to tell you, our key word this year is respect. And um, Walnut Grove girls basketball has not been respected and probably hasn't deserved it for many reasons. Um, you know, they've had four, they probably had four to five coaches for in the last five years. So this year is about respect. So I'll, I'll give you an example. We went down to North Dakota and all we talked about was respect. Um, and then after the game, we earned their respect by how we played with our great effort. Um, so, but that, that's our main philosophy um, of our program. And, and it has not changed ever since I've been coaching. So, and this is the, um, this is what we do at practice every day. Each day we have a uh, signature part of our, our philosophy. Money is energy day, bring the juice. Tuesday is sacrifice. Wednesday is direction. Thursday is communication. And of course, Matt, every day should be communication day, right? Right. Uh, and then Friday is coachable spirit. We want kids that are coachable in our program. So those are the core values of our program. So as you have a theme for each day, 
Mm-hmm. Do you guys meet and talk about it? I mean, I know the kids know about it as, as the season uh, progresses. Do you meet in the middle and say, hey, today's communication day. Here's what we're focused on on. Or, you know, Friday, it's big game day. It's coachability day. I mean, how do you bring attention to those each practice? Or is it just something that you just do naturally throughout the course of the day and the practice? Yeah, r- right now during the summer, we don't have a lot of practice days. But like like this week coming up, yeah, it's all about um, we're, we're talking about uh, humility this week. So, I mean, as part of what you're saying there is, yeah, we have a basic we have a basic uh, format, but we also have different. We have a one word each day that we talk about. But really, this week we're talking about humility. And that means, you know, thinking about others, you know, uh, don't think about yourself. Don't think about you're trying to score all the points. You want to do other things for your teammates. Um but each day, as you see uh, here, Matt, uh, we have our cornerstones of our program. Um, and this is what we work on every day in practice, Coach. So uh, like this week, I, like you are mentioning, we, we're going to have uh, humility as our keyword. So we already have that set beforehand. And then I have we show them a video or I have one of the coaches, my assistant coaches, talk, give a story about humility. Or I, I ask the players, what do they think about what's about humility? But um, this is right right here, like you see on the screen. I know the listeners cannot. Uh, these are the cornerstones that we focus on every day in practice. Are you competing? Are you showing mental, physical toughness? Are you showing mudita? And that means being happy for others. Yeah, that's good. I'll tell you one thing I've really focused on the last couple of years is, and I'm not, I don't want to say kids today and start phrases like that because I don't think that's fair. <laughs> I don't, I don't necessarily think it's fair. I think if anything, we should question how we've changed as coaches and adults more than kids, but man, just finding kids who compete. And that's one reason why I've changed our style of play because it just forces you to really, really compete. I mean, our, and I'm looking for kids and just like you are who will compete in the classroom, all those things. But man, when you roll the ball out, like they take extreme pride in winning the, the drill winning the one-on-one competition, winning the free throw competition. just They just want to compete. They want to get dirty and dive on the floor and do all that type of, those types of things. But when you get 10 kids out there, like when you're going five-on-five five or whatever you're doing, you get eight or 10 kids out there who are all eight or 10 competing, and it's special. It is really, really special. And, and a lot of coaches listening may have one or two competitors on their team, and it's really hard to, to do anything with that. I totally agree, man. I think the key is I'm very fortunate this year. I got, I've been so impressed with our kids so far is they're really competitive and you can just tell in their body language that is, um, I mean, they're, they're competitive in their effort. So, I mean, they don't want to lose in the effort. So, I mean, if you're running a sprint, they want to win that sprint. Um, they want to, they want to compete hard in cutting off the dribbler on defense, the work ethic at this school has been amazing. I'm going to tell you, I mean, uh, but I'll show you a little bit of video and so forth. These kids are hungry. Yeah. Um, well, that's, and that's um, good. Yeah, they, they love to compete. Yeah. If you walk in there and they're already competitors, I, I know some people think com- being competitive is a skill and maybe it is. Maybe we can help, you know, bring that out and teach that. But if you walk into a program as a new coach and they're already competing hard, that's half the battle that you've yeah. already won. I totally agree. Um, and, and really the girls here, and I, I've spoken to a lot of different coaches, they all tell me the, 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 
they have always played with effort here. This is this is a blue collar, hardworking community out in Walnut Grove, Loganville, Georgia. I mean, it's a great community. They just needed direction. They needed stability. And that's what I provide. And I provide that's that, you know, that's a key part of being a coach. It's is you have to provide a format, a structure, yeah. a goal setting program. Um, and that's my strength. And so far, uh, the kids have done a tremendous job so far, but it's only a short period of time. So, yeah, well, well, that's good. And then I also like the last point, you know, being happy for someone else. It's, it's always easy as a player to, um, you know, for, for example, getting frustrated that you weren't the one who was called to take the shot or you're the one on the bench, not in that first five, instead of being, having joy and happiness for your, for your teammates. And that, that's hard sometimes to get a kid to that point, but what, if you can get there and kids are cheering each other on in a sincere way, not just because coaches watching them, um, you know, that, that can be a special program. Yeah, man. And you know how we play. I mean, you've seen us play last year with only about eight players. So um, we play the same style. The advantage I have this year is I have more numbers. So like the other day against North Dakota, it was five in five out rotate every two minutes. So the kids have to learn how to have the Medita because they're only going to be in there a short period of time. Yep. Um, and they got to get after it. Now, the way we play is kids get tired. See, I think coaches are fooled by minutes because there's a lot of kids that coast. I mean, after about two and a half minutes, I had girls that couldn't even get in the defensive stance. They were playing so hard. Hey, cheer them on. Next group. Let's go. I really believe in that style, but I think a lot of people, a lot of parents, a lot of coaches, they want to get their stars. They're star driven. Their, their programs built on two or three stars. Um, and I've had good players in the past too, but I also had a lot of role players. So I don't know if that answered your question, well, but if um, you're, if a kid's playing really hard, like, I mean, really hard, mm -hmm. you can't play 28 minutes a game. No, you may. I mean, I know some coaches who had their kids in elite shape and things like that. And, uh, you know, they would let them go four minutes and sub. And so they do two and a quarter. But I even think four minutes straight when a kid is really getting after it and covering 84 feet and maybe you're pressing, you're getting up and down, um, you know, it's difficult. So, yeah, and I think also when a kid, it, it helps your, it helps your, I guess, demeanor or your attitude on the bench when kids know, man, coach doesn't play just seven kids and the, eight, the other eight of us are just going to sit there. You know, he's going to play, you know, you may play nine kids this year, decent minutes. I don't know. Right. Sure. And you'll see, I mean, you never know injuries, whatever. Right. Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm you always, can't play yeah. your style and play six kids. No. The Lake Oconee was yeah. different. You had yeah. eight, eight kids. I think the last game I was at. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and, and just about every kid played, I think. So, um, but yeah, I think the style of play is important that as you kind of set your culture. Yeah. And, and I guess our, our, our topic today, Matt is, you know, when you, when you're going into a program, I mean, you want to have a philosophy and a system. And if you don't, you're going to struggle from day one, you better, cause you'll be changing stuff all the time. I recommend the coaches have a written system, um, share it, have a website where the kids can get all the information. You don't have to give handouts, but they should know what you expect. I mean, our players, I asked them right now, or if you ask them about what, what, what does row the boat mean? 
they would tell you. Mm-hmm. They would tell you. Now, the, the key is they got to believe in it. Okay. So, Absolutely. so it's not about buy-in. It's about believing. Yep. No, that's good. That's good. Um, so I, I see what you have up and again, the listener, I just can't see this, but so talk about how you build toughness and, and are you talk about physical I mean, what, when you say toughness to a player, what are you talking about? Yeah. We call it TPW each day. We each practice. Uh, you look at our social media, we award kids for Mudita and toughness. So if you look back on our social media account, that's, we have the kids holding the oar and they get, they get recognized in front of the whole team and the girls love it. I mean, so we don't recognize like, Oh man, you scored, you know, 103 today. You score our, no, no, you were toughness. And then, you know, the players and the coaches have to explain why, and I'll show you some pictures in a second, but, um, but toughness, you can see, for example, here is being elite. is not about how talented you are. Being elite is about how tough you are. To achieve anything great in life, you have to fight for it every day. The grind is mental and physical. In fact, it is more mental than physical. Physical ability is important, but it will only take you so far. You won't achieve excellence until you train your mind to take you there. And this is what we talk about every day. Uh, And then we reward kids for demonstrating that. So the other day, there was, you know, I mean, a lot of it's physical, but a lot of it's mental. It's like if a kid misses... If a, if a kid is missing shots and she's sprinting back on defense, still playing good on-ball defense, to me, that's mental toughness, man. And that's what we praise. You got to find that in kids. Yeah, what I talk about with kids is like, what is your breaking point? So I've got kids who are pretty talented, good athletes, shoot the ball well, do some things. But if they get fouled hard when we're doing our, you know, our, our pressing uh, drills, and I don't call it, which I don't call foul. I think it all summer I've called maybe two fouls. I just don't do it. I don't want them hammering each other and getting dirty, but I want you playing physical. So like, what is your breaking point? If you miss a wide open layup, are you broken? If another kid's in your ear talking trash, is that your breaking point? Can coach get on you hard? So what I look for kids is like your breaking point had better be pretty high because you go on the road on some of our games with the fans and the other opponents and all that, how they act. You can snap in the first three minutes of the game, get dunked on, whatever it may be. So toughness, we use that phrase a lot, but I'm always talking about your breaking points. I've got some kids who need, we all do need to grow a little mentally. You know, I won't call a foul intentionally or I'll call a travel when they didn't travel just to see, do they hand the ball? Yes, sir. Run on back down. Do they stop and pout? They, you know, shoulders slouch, all that type of stuff. And you can build that stuff in practice you know, and have conversations with kids, but yeah, toughness. And again, for me, the breaking point is very, very important. I love that point. Breaking point. Yeah. And I think, don't you agree, Matt, you have to put your kids in uncomfortable positions in practice. I mean, it might be a two on, we do a lot of disadvantage. Yep. Like we'll play defense two on four. Hey, get the stop. Well, our rebounding drills, uh, we do a uh, uh, drill I got from, um, um, uh, Trying to think of what's in the Yukon. <laughs> Gino Ariema. Yep. Um, we call it weave, we call it weave rebounding. So you do a three-player weave and then you pass to the wing, and the, the other girl has to get a weak side block out. Mm-hmm. And it's two on one from there. So you better get you better get the correct block out and possession of the ball. It's it's disadvantage, it's hard. 
So you got to put your kids in bad situations, uncomfortable situations to see how tough they are. I don't think we do enough of that as coaches. Oh, absolutely. I think, I think that's a great, that's great. I mean, when we do our, our press at all, everything starts out with a one player advantage on offense. And then the other players to sprint in that to sprint in through the logo and half court. So the other team gets a real advantage and, you know, we don't play out of bounds in the summer. We yeah. don't, I mean, I've got guys in the bleachers. I've got guys diving in the, the hallway. I don't call fouls. We don't play out of bounds. And who is going to break and who is going to just overcome? And, and then you just, you know, and we film all our practices now with the NFHS cameras. So we can film all our practices yeah. pretty seamlessly. So anyway, let's go ahead and talk about uh, the, the, the next point of what you want is, uh, you know, uh, working hard and how do you get players to build that work ethic? Yeah, I think a lot of, I think we talk about working hard, but we don't define it. So we, def we specifically define it. And I know you do, you define it in your program as well. So this is how we define it. Um, uh, what does hard work look like? Sprint back on defense every time. <laughs> I mean, not when you feel like it every time. Mm -hmm. And um, that's hard to do. And we play a pressing system. So like the other day, you know, I thought we did a poor job. I mean, we, you know, we, you know, we, we, we beat North Dakota, but that's a scrimmage. It really doesn't matter the score. We weren't even looking at the scoreboard, but I felt like our defense was, we were really pressuring the ball pretty good, but we weren't sprinting back. They got a few extra layups on our press. Um, so we, you know, we have work we got to do there. Uh, getting rebound position on every rebound. I believe in offensive rebound, Matt. So, mm -hmm. hey, when we shoot the ball, I want four girls crashing the boards, sometimes yep. five. It's, it's like you're going to be doing this year if you're doing system. Um, yeah. Diving on the floor for loose balls. You can see all the different things we do. And one that a lot of people don't think about, and this is a Gene Durden thing, take care of the ball. Be ball tough. When you catch the ball, man, we just, you know, you got to be at that ball by the ear. You better be ball tough. You got to pivot sweet rip um all these things right here are things that we that's how we define hard work if you're not doing it then you're going to pay a consequence no that's great i mean i think that um you can show players and teach players what hard work looks like and you can also say what you're doing looks like you think it's hard work but it's really really not right so that's why i think that's why I love filming practices and breaking it down, like talk about things, whether it's that weak side rebound, setting a great screen. Um, you know, one thing I'm going to focus on this year is I want um, a two foot contest on jump shots and threes. I don't want you four feet with your hand up. I don't want you six feet. I want a two foot. I want you two feet away without fouling. I saw something recently where someone had statted their, their closeouts based on how far they were away. And man, you get that two feet to 18 inch range. You really bother their shot. If sure. you're a solid shooter and I'm six feet away and just throw my hand up or yell, you're not going to affect my shot at all. So little things that like, are you willing to do that extra step to get a two foot closeout? Are you, are you able to do that screen when you were tempted to do a moving screen, do it right. And just, the little things that really um, show toughness within a program. I love that two foot closeouts. A great term, Matt. Um, yeah, closeouts are, are the probably the. I think that's one of the most neglected. It's like a good blockout, Matt. I think closeouts are horrible. 
around the country. And we're, and we're as guilty as anybody, but we really stress it. Uh, what we do obviously is same side, same hand close out. Yep, yep. Um, and we do not try to, we never block out a, sh- a shooter because you'll get called call for, mm-hmm. foul, but we check and go. But what we say though, on all our contest is rebound. We don't say shot, right? We yell rebound. So that, that, so in practice, you're going to hear our girls yelling rebound, rebound, rebound. So it becomes a mindset for us on that. But yeah, uh, we don't chart it. I wish I had, I wish I could do it during the game, but I don't, I don't have enough coaches yeah. to do that or managers, but, um, but yeah, contests are, are usually important. Like you said. Yeah. I mean, I just think I, Hard work. I, the longer I, I'm coaching and, you know, the listener, you just have to listen to two guys who know each other really well, just talk, basketball and break away from the topic a little is what really affects winning what really affects winning what if and one thing i've been talking to people about maybe my coaches or even just myself is sometimes i just talk to myself because that's the only person that'll listen but uh (laughs) you know what are we what are we wasting time on right that is irrelevant that doesn't affect the program doesn't affect winning doesn't make our teams better um, and I know that the thing is when you start going down those trails with yourself and your practices, you you see, a you, you got to kind of rein it in and realize this may be a two to three to four year process to really be super efficient, mm-hmm. but like, what can I, t- what drill can I take away this year? Or what two drills can I take away that maybe we can get out of practice 10 minutes earlier. Maybe we get out 15 minutes earlier some days. Or I replace it with something else. Like, what are we wasting time on that makes us makes us feel good as coaches, but honestly does not make the kids better or get us closer to winning? Or like you said, be the best team in Walton County, the best team in your region. For me, one of the top teams in my county, my region. Um, so yeah, I think that goes along with with toughness as a coach. Like, what can we do well, and, and what are we what are we wasting time on? So for me, it was that closeout. To me, that's something to really give attention to. And like, if you're not going to, if you're going to be eight feet away and just throw your hand up, just don't even move. There's no point in closing out. You're not going to affect the shot at all. That's anyway, a great point. That's, yeah. that's my, well, that's, my that. that's my I rambling. That's my rambling moment. I love that. You have key details that you want. I, I call them non-negotiables. Yeah. Um, and and I'll, I'll kind of share with you a, a few of mine. Um, but I love that. And that is, if they're not being done, the, the, they have to know that's not acceptable. If you are a coach who runs camps and clinics, I'd like to introduce you to Inner Pro Sports. Coaches everywhere are using Inner Pro to provide their campers with individualized strength and conditioning, mental performance training, and personal nutrition metrics all to their phone. It's easy to implement and will make your camp more profitable. To learn more, email them at train at innerpro.com. That's train at innerpro, I-N-N-E-R-Pro.com. Talk, talk us about again continued how you're going to build the program and where you want to be and um, yeah. some of your your goals you may have for the program. That's a great question, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Maybe you're thinking about them right now. Maybe. We're... <laughs> so, um, for people listening in Georgia, we've only been able to practice uh, for one week. If you got out of school early, you maybe got a couple more in, but yeah, uh, they hit us with another dead period. So most of us have had four practices or maybe that's five, it. that's it. So Kevin has really just met his team 
Um, and I've just started with my team changing our style of play. We've seen each other for eight hours last week. Yeah, and we're teaching a new style of play. Um, but um, I think you got to go with, with some what I call critical path goals, Matt. And that is, um, I mean, you and and what I what I have up here is, you know, you, you got to be selfless. You got to have a me second attitude. And you got to have great things will happen if you have that number one. But this is things that we show the parents when we have our meeting. Now, I've already shown my parents, we had a big Zoom meeting already because I don't live in that county yet. Um, I show them ahead of time, like, these are our goals. This is where we want to go. Now, if you see here on the goals, these are our ultimate goals that we want to achieve. 22 plus wins, compete for a Region 8A championship, state uh, public final four, 5A, um, our middle school team competes for a conference championship on a consistent basis. I was very fortunate. The middle school team that I inherited um, was undefeated, won the championship last year. I mean, really, I have I have mostly rising ninth and 10th graders. We're really young. Um, and our JV varsity teams have 30 plus participants. That's our goal. We're not we're not there yet. But our goal is to get there eventually. Um, I talk about commitments, Matt. These are things you got to be committed for. It's easy to set goals. Uh, we will improve daily. We believe in the process more than the result. We want to get 1% better. Uh, we talk about daily marginal gains. Uh, and that means like tomorrow, we're going to really work on um, uh, our transition defense, stopping the ball early in the back, in the front court, and then have our fullback, halfback, sprint back, everybody else get back home and really point and talk. So we're really going to focus on that. If we can get better at that tomorrow, we got 1% better. And that's an effort goal. Um, we will talk every day on what it takes to be a champion. We talk every day on what it takes to be the best. And then the third commitment is we will have our top 10% bring the middle 80% up, up towards their level of commitment. Uh, because every team has a top level, mm -hmm. just like you do. Absolutely. And the rest of, rest of the players are just they're, – they're not really committed. If we can bring those rest up to the higher committed players, then that's where championship teams are built. If I can give one piece of advice, that's it. So we focus on those top 10%. They're our main leaders of the program. Now, I have some freshmen that are in the top 10% right now and also have some seniors too. So those are our team goals right there. So I – that top 10%, um, do you just kind of talk to them one-on-one? -on -one? Do you bring them in together? Like, what do you – because here's what high school sports is, is a lot of it. You're like, you get the kid who loves football, loves baseball, loves volleyball. They do basketball because they like it and they're good mm -hmm. at it. And they're athletic, but they don't eat, drink, and breathe basketball like some of your kids and my kids do. But we right. need those kids. Yeah. that enjoy it and are going to be there all the time and, and, and can actually, you know, they have a, a lot of potential. So how do you get that 10% to help you reach and build up and bring up that 80%? Uh, you lead by example. Uh, I mean, and what I mean by that is um, those, even those kids that are, are not as committed as those, when they show up for practice, they can still do things outside of the practice uh, we have a 10,000 shot club. They can get in 10,000. They can get 100 shots in every single day. They can do that. If it's 20 minutes or 25, whatever, they can do that. Um, 
are they given are they given the same effort as our top 10% in the practice? So, you know, I have I have a girl that's a senior and um, I mean, she's nonstop talking. She's a great leader for us. Just by having her demonstrate that one of those other girls are going to see, hey, I want to be in that because that's something that I can do. So just by being a great role model, being a great demonstrator. Yeah. She's affecting those 80%, but you better have some of those 10% um, able to execute that leadership. That's all about leadership. Yeah. But you know, leadership is weird. Sometimes they see it in you. So if they don't see it in their coach, they're not going to yeah. show up. Um, so you gotta, you gotta take, you gotta take some credit for that. So I think that's a big part, but it sounds like you have a great community, uh, a good blue collar, good hardworking community that believes in work. Oh, our communities are a lot alike. I mean, kids are, kids are blue collar. Kids are working hard. Kids are, you know, again, like you're doing multiple things, mm-hmm. doing football and basketball. You're doing volleyball, and basketball, softball and basketball. So, you know, they're doing multiple things. Some of my kids will go three hours of practice and they go work at Zaxby's from four to midnight. Right. Then they'll get the next day. So, yeah, I just think that all this together is we're, we're, you're, we're giving them life skills. Yeah, I love that, man. And before we go on kind of the next topic, I, we have coaching staff goals. Uh, and number one, and Gene Durden told me a long time ago, I was sitting at uh, a clinic at uh, Pinecrest Academy where I used to work. And he told me, number one, be truthful. Tell the kids, be honest with them. Mm-hmm. All right? Tell them exactly what they need, not what they want. Um, but as coaches, we're servant leaders and responsible role models. I am not buddies with any of my players. I'm too old for that. Yeah. Um, and you got to be able to serve your players and, and you got to be responsible. Um, our coaches believe that players are daughters first, students second, athletes third. Professional and honest in all relationships. Trust, teach each other, each player with respect. Um, thoroughly communicate role on and off the court. Loyal to each player in public and in private. Evaluate each player's basketball talent. Um, and guide each player to achieve their goals through leadership and training. That's what I want for my coaches. That's good. I'm, I'm going to steal some of those. It's good. Um, and this, uh, where I always got, that's how I named my podcast after. So um, I think you got to have a vision, man. And this is how I think this is key to really kind of our topic is you got to have these in your program. So if you're going to have a consistent winning culture, these are the things that um, how we define what I call championship vision. Um, so number one, to have a consistent winning program um, that endures over the test of time. So your program, you might have one you know, great season, but you, you know, or you have a lot of consistent winning, which you yeah. have over a long period of time. You probably gotten more out of your program than a lot of state championship coaches. Um, Program that's built to last, committed over the long run. Teach life skills. And I'm big on this part. Rings don't mean you are a champion. We want to develop great people. I mean, I have no rings except for my ring that I married my wife. Okay. Um, That doesn't mean I'm not a championship level coach. I think that's a false. I can have a whole podcast on coaches that are a little bit overrated that have state championships. Okay, to be honest with you, you and I have talked about that. Preserve our core values. So we want our players rowing the boat every single day. Demanding culture. So we want to create a sense of belonging and identity to something special. Our players right now know 
that they're they're involved in something special. They don't know what it is quite yet, but they feel it and you can see it. Um, good enough never is. We are never satisfied. We are constantly looking to get better. So those are our, our key points of our championship vision. Now that the point you were talking about about um uh rings don't mean you're a champion you know i had a guest on and he spoke at the last clinic i had the peach state clinic heath esslinger um if you're listening look him up a better way athletics but he talks about healthy versus unhealthy programs and unfortunately we're in a day and age where you know someone goes to max press pulls up your record like oh my gosh they can't be in a healthy program or they're a health or you know, they're unhealthy or healthy I'm not, you can be a winning program and be healthy, a losing program and be unhealthy, but you can also be a winning program and not be a healthy program. Totally you're not agree. putting out good citizens. You're keeping kids with poor character. You're not teaching life lessons. I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree, man. I think, unfortunately, in Georgia here, I think the top, I'm not even going to say percentage, I, I think the whole, a lot of schools are run by the transfer portal. And uh, I'm not afraid to say that. Anybody want to argue with me? Give me a call. Uh, kids are going from school to school. To me, that's managing, not coaching. Yeah, and I just interviewed a guy from Minnesota, Jeff Profeta, who's one of the top coaches in the state of Minnesota. He's had a super small program that produces unbelievable athletes. Not athletes, but basketball players. Yeah. Very successful. And he says, no transfers. He, he, I mean, he doesn't get any because he, their, their town is out in the middle of nowhere. He develops his players. And, he, and you should listen to the podcast. Uh, listen to Matt's first, but then maybe second mine. <laughs> um, but hey, this this is my action plan. Have a philosophy, Matt. If you don't come in with a philosophy and a core vision or core values, then you're going to struggle because Absolutely. you're going to focus on wins and losses. Um, number two, make each year different. Uh, we try to have a theme for each year. Uh, a couple of years ago at, at LOA, our theme was humility. And that's why we had shirts made up, all that kind of stuff. Hey, you better have a theme each year. I want to ask you that but about humility, because I think a lot of kids, if I say, what is humility? They would struggle to come up with a synonym or a definition because humility almost sounds weak. How do you talk about humility with the kids? And how do you talk to them about how they can display humility or be a, be a humble teammate or, or however you decide to word that? How do you tackle that one? Um, Think of some somebody else other than yourself first. Yeah. So, and that, that that's as simple as I get. So this is why um, Kevin's such a good coach. I my mind can't get around it. He just did it in five words. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Kevin will hire me one day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, hey, I would love to have you, man. No doubt. Now, or I'll be your assistant, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but um, I'll definitely be your assistant at your um, Indiana clinic. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, boy. Um, but um. Yeah, humility. Humility is a great word because most teams are broken down from just selfishness, man. It's just oh being gosh. unselfish and going, you know what? You know what? You know, I, I'd rather give up a great pass to you than score, you know, my 20 points per game. Or, I, hey, you know what? I'm going to go out and just play defense for the first quarter and not focus on my offense. Um, Coaches, I have to take a minute here to brag on my good friends at Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish is unbelievable. Hundreds of drills you can do with the Dr. Dish shooting machine. They track your player's shooting. You can track your team's shooting. The players have the individual app. It is so user-friendly. But I want to make sure you know how you can get a Dr. Dish using their one-year, no-interest payment plan. That's what I did. I'm in a small school. 
not a large budget. I paid half up front and I paid the remainder over the next year at no interest. So contact Dr. Dish, mention this podcast, receive an extra discount and they will take care of you. Now back to the podcast. Team expectations um, is our third part of our championship vision. Um, You better have a, a, a set of expectations for your parents and your players. Um, surround yourself with great people. Uh, and I got to tell you what I did when building my staff. I have my assistant coach, Shelby Young, who's been with me for a while. She played for me. She understands me. She believes in what we do. I also hired a experienced coach out there uh, at Walnut Grove. She is the uh, works at the middle school. So I want to have somebody from the middle school that can help um, uh, that knows a lot of people, that knows the kids, uh, that we can keep the kids in the program because out here in Walton County, um, those eighth graders can go to any school. And we want to have somebody at that school that has an impact on those kids. And the kids really love this lady. Uh, she's an experienced teacher. She taught at, uh, coached at George Walton, coached at uh, Loganville. She knows everybody in the county. She was probably the best recruit that I had this year. Um, and I also have another coach, young coach, who's actually my, um, uh, he coaches our travel ball team and, uh, he works with these kids year round and so forth. And it's great to have him on just a young coach and so forth. And, uh, he's part of my community coaching staff. Um, number five, strength and conditioning. You better have kids that are strong right yep. now. I think our biggest weakness is our girls haven't been in the weight room. So that's, that's one of our goals this summer is to get our kids in the weight room, getting stronger because you're not going to beat the teams like Buford and all those strong schools. Um, those Southwest Cavs, our girls last year lost to Southwest Cab by like 40 points and purely it was athleticism and strength. And uh, they just weren't tough enough to uh, play against them. Yeah, that, that, that's a great point. Um, so have you got, so you guys, have you started lifting already and showing them how to, or you, is that not yet? We, we yeah. just because we're, we're but we're still living in Greensboro. Yeah, uh, we're still actually trying to close on a house, and we haven't been at that. Now, during the um, August period, September, we will be in the weight room. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, all those things are great. Um, your action plan, your championship vision. Um, what's so good about what you do is like you you can go back. This is your why. So if you hit a tough stretch. And you'll hit a tough stretch and I'll hit a tough stretch. Like, you know, your why, you know, what we need to continue to do to get us over the hump when we have three games in four days or two kids go down to injury or whatever may happen, you know, you, um, you know, and you communicate this very well to, to your staff and to your players. Absolutely, man. And just kind of can carry it on. And I won't go over that much because we're going to kind of move on. Uh, we talk about facilities. Uh, you better have a good locker room, your office better display um what your philosophy is what because people walk in they go they know how they are they walk into your office and go oh okay all right i mean this doesn't say anything you know this this is you um so your office your locker room we're actually rebuilding our locker room just like you are but your locker room looks much better than ours right now yeah um off-season commitment you better play in the off-season if you're not if you're not committed to getting better in the off-season 10,000 shot club all that, then you better, but you got to emphasize that as a coach, you better get off the couch and get Mm -hmm. in, you know, get in there working with your players. Um, And then I really believe in this selling your program. 
So I do a lot of clinics. Um, I have my own clinic that I do. And believe it or not, the Legends Clinic that we're going to talk about later sold Lake. Nobody knew about Lake Oconee Academy. Mm -hmm. But when I when I did the clinic, I had coaches from all over the country coming in. They now know Lake Oconee Academy. So yep, that's yep. how you sell your program. It's like you're selling your program at Gordon Lee with mm -hmm. clinics. No, I, I'm with you there. I mean, um, I you know having the clinic at my school was you know just take pride. Like I'm very proud of our school. Our school is a just a great campus. I think we've got the most beautiful football stadium in Northwest Georgia. I think that our, when you pull up on our campus, our main building, it looks like a college campus. It's two mm -hmm. stories of all brick and old, you know, pillars, and it just looks really good. So I want people on my campus because. I'm really proud of it. Our gym, our facilities, our small town. So yeah, having the coaching clinic, I, it didn't really hit me, but I, it just gave me another sense of pride to have people from Alabama and Tennessee and Georgia and, you know, coaches from all over, you know, come in and kind of get to see what I get to experience, uh, you know, every day. And, you know, it's my job and your job to help uh, better those facilities, whether it's locker room or just little things like that. Like, you know, yeah, we just redid our locker room and I won't, you know, dive into that, but it was, a, it was a big undertaking. Um, right. You know, I raised every penny in about 10 weeks. And one thing I'm, you know, I'm not good at a lot of things, but one thing I'm really good at is I'm a good fundraiser. And I say that not out of pride, but I just, I know what it takes. And if I want my kids, to, like you do, to have the best experience, we've got to get out there to, to raise money from businesses and families and, 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 and do things for our program. So, yeah, we're, we're definitely like-minded there. And I, I'm going to learn from you a lot because I am not a great fundraiser. Um, and uh, we actually contacted SnapRaise. I'm giving them a, a little little plug right here, but uh, we're hoping to get them involved. Yeah, SnapRaise uh, is good. I've used them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, well, um, I'll, I'll say this, and I, I don't want to go on this because there's some coaches listening because I've worked with coaches over the year years who are always in the negative of their accounts, always just, I don't want to ask anybody for money. I don't want to do well, if you have something you believe in, ask for money. It's sure. like someone at like my church is doing a great program, a great program in the community. Well, they're doing a great program to help people in the community. They have no problem asking for money. I'm doing a great program in the community, taking teenage boys, teach them life skills to the game of basketball. Yeah, I should be able to ask for money because I believe in what we're doing. I believe in the outcome if a kid plays in our program for four years, they'll become a better person. So, you know, I just, I struggle with the guys who just refuse to raise money because it's a, it's a pride issue. Well, if I don't know, maybe that says to me, it tells you how kind of they view their program. Like it's not worth it. You but mean, again, yeah, snap race yeah. is a good one. I've used snap race, made a lot of money off snap race. Yeah. And you, and there's so many other things you can do. Um, snap race is just one of them, but, um, you better figure it out because, um, you're right. I think I think being specific, like you mentioned, on goal, like, hey, we want to raise, you know, five thousand dollars on that for our, you know, locker room or our uniforms. I think people are more than willing to give, particularly well, to school. I think once you're in the community for a while, and not that I do these things often, but there's four or five families in the community that if I really need something, like I'm really in a bind, let's say I was four hundred dollars short on my locker room. I could call up to them and say, hey, so-and-so, you know, I need, how would you feel about a $200 donation? And here's what I can give you, a gym sign or whatever. But yeah, like, yeah. you know, I just believe in what I do. 
Yeah, I love well said, Coach. And I, yeah, you mentioned you mentioned a word. You're you're not building a team. You're building a program. And image. Let's be honest with you. Image. The eye test is important. I mean, you better oh, yes. have. You better have. You better. You better. You better have good stuff. I'm telling you, man. And, and kids, you better have good equipment. Um, you better go do some things around the community that people see your program. Uh, and here are a few things that I have. From, this is always going to be my family, these girls at LOA. Uh, see the schedule uh, that I had done here, uh, run and stun. Uh, we had that. Every game, we you know, we always had the best uni uniforms, and you've seen our mm -hmm. team play. We got the four. Yeah. Uh, we got these are our shirts a couple years ago and so forth. So this th these kids will always be part of my my basketball family on that. But we marketed, we marketed these girls, and they loved it. They, they loved doing this right here with the – well, um, how do I not to interrupt you, but like what I'm looking at, what I see, and I've seen you on social media, like, are you doing these graphics yourself? Cause a lot of coaches listening are on social media, but they're like, man, I see guys like Buford and I see this yeah. and LOA, like they do really cool things for players on social media, which is important because parents follow that because uh, college coaches follow that. So do you do this yourself? Did you have someone like one of your staff members do your graphics for you? Well, Canva's really good. It's like, you know, Canva's good. But I have Kobe Durden does a lot of my graphics. So all my logos are done by uh, Gene's son, Kobe. So if anybody is interested, contact Kobe Durden. He's the best. No, he's, he's, a, graphics. he's a stud. He is really good. He was on a few months ago for me. And we were just talking about the graphics. Like his are, I told Kobe, I said, a division one program could easily hire you to do their marketing and graphics. Oh, no oh, and he's pay, the best. And he can make 60, 70, 80,000 literally just doing that. He's really, really skilled. Man, no, we're giving no people, we're giving people plugs here, Colby and Snap Race. And man, we're giving unsolicited things. It's here. all about that. And, <laughs> and Snap Race should be your number one sponsor for both of us, right? Um, and this is what we're doing. Like now it's the Lady Warriors, but these are things that we do to kind of develop the culture. I mean, this is the shirts uh, right now that our coaches are wearing. That's our logo. So everywhere, I mean, that logo is everywhere, Coach. If you're going to market, market. I mean, promote, yep. pro, pro, promote. I mean, promote your team. Um, and the kids love the identity. Identity is a strong word. Like this right here is our our or every day. As you can see, kids are awarded for the toughness or Medita. We had lunch the other day, sponsored by the church that the local Baptist church uh, sponsored us. And had a lunch for us after practice. Uh, we got to use their gym because both of our gyms were full. Um, those are little things. You can see another picture there. The kids love getting on social media with the OR. And this is our Future Stars Camp. So yeah. we promote that. We have a website and so forth that we use. Um, and this is just over years of experience. I You, you got to do it, particularly nowadays, because social media is very important to use it the right way. No, I agree. I mean, there's so much trash on social media. So like coaches should be like a light in the world on social media, not griping and complaining and all, but like, it should be like, you're promoting your program. You're prom promoting your team. You're promoting your, your school. Cause I know you are proud to, to be a part of Walnut Grove school. I know you're, I'm, I'm proud to be a part of Chickamauga city school system. I, I think it's one of the best in the state. So like, yeah, I, th I think that we can use Twitter or, or whatever we use and cool graphics. And players love the graphics. They really love the graphics. Yeah, our, our boys basketball coach does a great job. He has a great staff of 
like now they're playing in um, a lot of turn, a lot of uh, one day tournaments and he's given the stats and given a nice little, um, I still graphics on it, on his social media. So him, his name is um, uh, Will Witherspoon. He's a great coach, man. Um, um, he's third year. He's building a great program out there. Um, uh, this is very important to you, coach. You better come in with a system or a philosophy on offense and defense. This is mine. You see my teams play. It's not very mm -hmm. complicated. We are going to press you from start to finish. We're going to press you. Um, we have an open floor, open shot philosophy. We spread teams out. Uh, we look for left, look for threes. These are our, our team goals that we look for. So you better have what's your goals. Um, and just really quickly, um, you know, it's 75 shots, 33s, 25 free throw attempts, plus 10 shot differential. Since you're a system guy, you might, um, yes, probably what you guys have. We want to force 25 turnovers, get 20 deflections, take two or more charges. We want 43. This right here, the rebounding part. We won every single rebounding battle pretty much except for the last game, Clinch County, yeah, which yeah. says rebounding wins, Yep. period. Um, so 43% is a key stat. Um, and you don't have, you can have it higher, but 43 is usually a key stat for winning a lot of games and 65% defensive rebounding percentage. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I'm still, determining exactly what I'm looking for on my stats, but they'll be very similar, similar to yours. I think my offensive rebounding is 33%, mm -hmm. 33 to 35. But yeah, I'm still determining that um, as, as we practice and I, I, I break down what we want to want to do, but yeah, you want to have your style of play. Um, you know, so when you sit down for a job interview, you can talk about your style of play or your philosophy you know, of how you want to play offense and defense, although it is adaptable based on personnel and depth mm -hmm. for sure. But, you know, you have, you know, who you are as a coach uh, for sure. And that's good stuff. That's re really, really good. Thanks for sharing those uh, specific, uh, you know, stat details with us. And, and you can remind the listeners too, Matt, that uh, they want this, I can send it to them. So all this information that they want to, you know, use part of it, whatever. Um, Run and stun. So we call our system the run and stun. So um, to me, you got to have an identity. I mean, so we talk every day about running and stunning. Stunning is our defense. Um, and just a few goals here. Uh, we try to get a transition shot within four to seven seconds. We say sprint corners, race, and space. You got to have cool terms. You got to have your language. Yeah. Um, get points off of turnovers through our pressure defense. We call it zero transition time. So when you get a steal, you're looking to boom, kick it, looking for a quick shot. Uh, Three-point mentality, inside out, get fouled or shoot the three. Um, send four to the board, second chance points, all in for crash. So we talk about that every day. It's really simple. I mean, our girls, after five practices, they executed it pretty good the other day. Uh, because what you said earlier, we have no fluff. We practice what we do. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There's no fluff, man. You come no. to our practice and go, God, there's, they're playing a lot. Okay. Yeah. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to show you this really quick, man. We'll talk, I'll talk you through it so the listeners can see it. Um, and this should be our clips from the game we just played. 
so you can get a feel that we, you know, we're not, you know, we're not, we're not great, but you can kind of get an idea of kind of how we play. We can kind of talk through just a little bit before we go. Um, we're in the green. We're a running team. Uh, can you see it? Okay. Yeah. I miss a little hick. I miss a little slow, but yeah, I, I can see it. Yeah, we make a lot of mistakes, but check this out. Check about the immediate ball pressure. Yeah, teams are going to have a hard time getting into actions versus. Now versus we gave YouTube. up a layup. Boom. Watch this. Watch this. We gave up a layup. Boom. And look for the middle. Look for the middle rabbit. Look at that. Oh, that's nice. That's cool, man. Um, now, this is we're, we're not really. Watch this girl in the corner. She's a freshman right here. And we're we're constantly pressuring. So to to the listener, what what Kevin's showing is just how quickly when the ball goes from offense to defense, how quickly or defense to offense, how quickly his team, um, you know, starts pressuring the ball, picks up full court. He pressures on a miss and a make, not just a make. Um, yeah. And his team sprint the four and transition as well as I've seen. Um, these are all ninth graders right here. Wow. Well, the future is bright for you if this is a, for your freshman team. Watch it. Watch this. Watch this finish right here. All right. Made shot. Boom. Watch this middle pass. Watch this. Freshman point guard. That's so, good. Um, yeah, we're really uh, – I mean, really proud. Let me see if I can get that back. Um, but that's that's our system, Coach. Um, and I feel like just from over the years, I've, I've been a flex coach, all sorts of different things. What I'm finding out is kids enjoy playing our style. Kevin, thanks so much for coming on, sharing that with us. Um, I'm going to release uh, a short part two of Kevin's five-year plan uh, later on this week. So, again, Kevin, thanks a lot. Um, for coming on and we will uh, be prepared for your part two presentation uh, later on. All right. Thanks coach. I appreciate you joining me, man. I always want to join the number one podcast host <laughs> in the country, man. So it's right. a great honor. Well, that's, that's Joe Rogan, but I'll take it. Thanks for listening to the United basketball and leadership podcast. Please take a moment to leave us a review and also leave a comment about what you enjoyed most about today's guest. I hope you'll join us on our next episode.